Hello, everybody. This Hello. is this is Alex and Danny and a special guest, Sarah Graves. Hello. Uh, Daily Weird. We are here for the February Daily Weird. I am sorry about skipping January, but a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah. So here we go. Stuff. This is our special podcast. We're going to do more about orchids today. Orchids so, ongoing. Orchids ongoing. Orchids ongoing, and we're going to do. Um, my name's Alex, and as you said, I'm the main host, and Danny's my co-host, and Sarah's our guest. And we're going to talk about introducing, explain about orchids, facts, found where, etc. Okay, orchids are a giant genus of flowers. They basically are the largest genus of all flowers. There's nothing that's bigger than orchids. Orchids are so numerous that if every day for 80 years you studied one species of orchid, 365 days every year for 80 years, at the end of the 80 years you would have not studied all the orchids. Wow. You got ground dwelling orchids. You got <laughs> epilike orchids. You got orchids that grow underground. You got orchids that grow in trees up on mountaintops and wow. freezing tundra almost. So they're pretty North much America, a common Minnesota has orchids. Yeah, pretty much a common or you know, plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. And the lady slippers are orchids. Um there's some orchids with Names that are a little bit inappropriate or dirty, like Cooker's Orchid or Naked Man Orchid. There's a lot of orchids in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, another fact about orchids is that they don't really have simons, like the stamens on the flowers that yeah. you would normally eat. That's another fact. And they're found in every continent except Antarctica has orchids in Greenland, in the north, in the far northern poles. You can get orchids in Alaska. Orchids in Mexico, orchids in Australia, Africa, Asia, Indonesia, Borneo, North America. Minnesota even has orchids. Wow. So there's orchids everywhere. And I'll start with talking about the history of orchids. Do you know when orchids became popular, when people started to really get into orchids? Probably maybe 200 years ago, is my guess. Well, there, yeah. The Victorian era, yeah. Victorian orchid craze. There were people, and they were employed by wealthy people. They were called orchid hunters, and they faced many dangers. They faced attacks by tribes, people, wild animals, diseases, dangerous cliffs, water, you name it. They, they faced a lot of dangers. Um, these orchid hunters, what they would do is they would cut down giant trees, because orchids are epilites. Epilites are different than parasites. Parasites take from the host, epilites grow on it. Kind of like the hair on your head grows on your shoulders, or the hair on your head grows on your face. You, you're not, yeah. Yep. Anyway, grows on your face. That's epilite, meaning they just grow. They don't take, they grow. Yeah. And in order to get the orchids, the orchid hunters would chainsaw down these old trees and rip the orchids out. And the losses of orchids from the Victorian era were immense. Orchids left and right died, and it's a miracle we still even have some species of orchids after all that. Wow. The orchid family was so vast that people couldn't find them all. Yeah. And um, the loss was very instrumental. I didn't look into the details because I figured past is in the past, but I'm sure it was instrumental. The hope is that we have evolved from that. We can propagate orchids. We can get seed. Lady slippers have seed, but their seed is like dust. Not mm. all orchid seed is like dust, but in lady slippers' case, it's like dust. And it has to get infected 
by a fungus and it has to partnership with the fungus in order to grow. Oh, if it doesn't okay. partnership with the fungus, it cannot grow and germinate. And it can take up to 17 years for it to flower for the first time. Wow. In the wild for a lady slipper. But they can live hundreds of years once they get joined up with this fungus and, you know, match made in heaven. But anyway, lessons learned. I think humanity learned that we can't have everything. That we need to just leave things alone. Or maybe we're still learning that lesson. Yeah. Um, CITES is basically a program. Certified International Trade Endangered Species is CITES. I looked up the word. CITES. Cool. To protect orchids. So it's like a step that we did to protect not only orchids, but all wildlife, all flora, all fauna that people want to have or keep or take from exotic places. Yeah. Now, some places like Orchids Limited are propagating certain orchids, like the Pathopedium Borneo Dark. That's an orchid that just came from Borneo a few, I believe, like a decade ago. And they've been propagating it in their greenhouse and growing it. They're $500 a piece. Damn. So they're really expensive, but they're That's, really cool. They're like, yeah. they go like spider plants. They have green strap-like leaves, and they grow a big stalk with these with these orchids that hang, like the leaves and flower petals hang down, like a, like oh, a lady wow. slipper. Okay. Look them up. Look up Pathopedium Borneo Dark. It's on the website. Okay. Orchid Limited. Look up Borneo Dark. It's really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll post that link in the description, people. Yep, yep. And then another one is... The sheer families of orchids. Volpopidiums alone, Volpophyllums alone, have 26,000 members in one family of orchids. And there's about 300 hybrids. They're not that domesticated. Most Volpophyllums are the original species that you're going to get tramping through Southeast Asia, Indonesia, you know, Borneo, that kind of thing. My Volpopidium comes from Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, that, that thing. And it has orange flowers that hang down. And the flowers look like teeth, like big, oh, long wow. teeth that okay. hang down. Yeah. And they smell like carrots. So they're really oh, cool. cool. Some Volpopidiums smell... Like fish or carrion or rotting meat, they smell disgusting. You wouldn't want them in your house. But a lot of bulbopidiums, they're not really well known, so nobody really knows what they smell like. Or what they do smell like, they smell like carrots or they smell like cinnamon or vanilla or whatever. They really, it's a huge genus. But there are other ones. There's Pathopidium. Those are ground-dwelling Asiatic lady slipper orchids from Southeast Asia. There's Stalinopterus, which are epilites that grow in Southeast Asia. There's Olcosidiums, which grow all over. There's Catathelia, which grow mainly in South America, Asia. And there's hundreds and hundreds of hybrids of Catathelias. Catathelias are one of the very, very first orchids that people tried to domesticate. So there's tons and tons of varieties of Catathelias, ranging in size from the size of your hand to four feet tall. Oh, wow. So there's mm, lots of different varieties. Okay. And they actually store water in a photobulb. Not all orchids store water in photobulbs. But photobulbs are like fat water storage tanks that orchids have. And depending upon the variety of orchids, like bulbophyllums like really, really wet conditions. Mm. But catathelia is kind of like dry conditions. The water in the photobulb mm. is stored for future use. Yeah. Not always, but in the case of catathelia, it's stored like a camel for lean time. So you don't want to give them too much water too often. Yeah. 
But dens, dendrodiums, just like dendrodiums, the red dendrodiums, the white dendrodiums, the bigger ones, the ones that go dormant, there's a lot of different ones. And then there's um, barbothylums, which I went over, ochocidium, which is a very, very famous dancing lady's orchid is the ochocidium. Put dancing lady orchids down in the description, look up the species, they're yellow, they're yellow and mahogany colored. They're quite beautiful. Yeah. But, yeah, there's just tons and tons and tons of orchids. And some of them are, live in places where people just can't go or shouldn't go. And some of them can be found in a park in Minnesota. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, are there, I, I, this might be a dumb question, but could they be like in these big major parks, like in the national parks here or even like in the Amazon? Like, are there orchids in that, that are known in the Amazonian yes, forest? Yes, yes. Okay. There's orchids known in the Amazon, there's orchids known in Minnesota. Um, we have six species of lady slipper. We have the ram's head lady slipper, the large yellow lady slipper, the small yellow lady slipper, the showy lady slipper, and the white lady slipper, and the pink lady slipper. Okay. That's just in North America. Minnesota. Oh, just Minnesota. Just, okay. There's Got more it. of them in North America. Got it. We don't like the Kentucky Lady Slipper, you know, and some versus different races nice. of different ones. Nice. But those are... And are orchids usually priced high? Like, if you want to get some orchids? It depends on the orchids. variety. I got okay. one for $25. Okay. I got one for pretty cheap. Yeah. The Catophilia Seagull variety. Seagulls are the name of a hybridizer. It's not. An, it's a bird, but it's also the name of a hybridizer, and they hybridize these orchids to be really small. Like mine's only that big. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's depends on the various orchids. Like some of them are really high, like Pathopidium Borneo darkest, five hundred dollars. Oh, but wow. the Catophilia, the one that I have, is only twenty five. And is, does it is it priced based on how rare they are, or how rare they are, how hard they are to grow, how hard they Got are it. to propagate? Okay. Borneo dark is a recently collected from Borneo, and it likes intermediate conditions. I am currently in the process of emailing Orchid Limited to see if my conditions are too hot for it or too warm for it yeah. because I want to try and grow it in one day. Yeah. Not right now, but yeah. one day when things get more stable for me, I'm going to sleep up and buy one. Yeah. But I'm waiting until I get the go-ahead from the orchid people to see if my conditions are right. My temperatures are a little bit high. The temperatures are 80 to 70 degrees during the day and high 60s and low 70s at night. Okay. And that's, that's, that's okay for the orchids I have, yeah. like the Psychopterus orchids, Dalinopterus orchids, um, Bulbothylums like that, mm-hmm. Dalinopterus is like that, um, Bulbothylums like that. A lot of different ones like that. But this Pathopedium likes it a little cooler, so I'm going to see if it would even grow or bloom or do well in my conditions before I get it. Because yeah. it's silly to spend too? that kind of what. So, generally speaking, with the kinds that you're growing, are they mm-hmm. fairly easy to grow, or are they, like, kind of complicated? It yeah. depends on the variety. I find the Thalanopterises to be very easy to grow. Okay. I find them to be really, really undemanding. All you do is, once a week, you flood them with water, okay. distilled water, then you let them dry out almost completely. Then their lower leaves shed, but they get new leaves in the process mm-hmm. and new bloom spikes and roots. And they fill up a pot with roots and you just leave them in there. 
And then every two years when the mix rots, you take them into the orchid shop, they take them out, we pot them in fresh medium, and then you're done. Okay, well, Bam. that's interesting. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, work, some orchids are so easy that they're mass-produced okay. for people's homes, like the Thalanopterises. Okay. Or for people's homes, and the th- the, the pathopediums, not all pathopediums are $500 more okay. your exotic orchids. Some of them are very, very easy. I have a $35 one that's only this high. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, nice. it's not blooming size. It's almost blooming size or close to blooming size. So I'm going to wait and see how it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're basically ground-dwelling Asian ladies' slipper. Okay. Got it. All right. Yep. Nice. And any other questions you might have about orchids? Because some of them, like the... the um, like I- the... Thalanopsis orchids do not have photobulb, but some like the Catathelias do. Mm-hmm. So you have to know your orchid. The ones with photobulbs generally like less water than the ones without. Okay, okay, so I don't know if you know this answer, but what's the smallest type of orchid that you know, and what's the largest type of orchid? Well, the largest type of orchid I know is the uh, Indonesian sugarcane orchid, and that can have leaves of up to eight feet tall. Wow. And it can, wow. well, that's, that's kind of a laugh because bandises can get 30 feet tall. Oh, okay. So bandises okay. can get really high, but they're not the largest. The absolute largest orchid in the world is the Indonesian sugarcane orchid. Okay. Look it up. The largest okay. orchid. Is, I don't know the scientific name to save my soul. I don't know it. But it's a giant orchid that can get up to 26 feet wide. Okay. And oh. 28, I mean, 8 feet tall. Around 26 feet wide, weigh as much as a ton or more. Wow. And okay. live for like hundreds of years. There's one orchid variety that was, I think, 1985, 1983, it was first taken from Indonesia to be in the Kew Gardens, and it bloomed on the on the 2015. Okay. So it bloomed five years ago, and it bloomed up. Oh, wow. Time. Okay. So it takes a while to grow and bloom. It looks yeah. kind of... A, prehistoric with its big fan-like leaves. Just leaves yeah. go like okay. this and this and this. It has like a big fan like some prehistoric burn. Okay. But it's hard like, you know, Okay. Coffee. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up and I'll, I'll add a link to yeah, a picture yeah. in the description. It's the smallest orchid that I know of is a glass orchid and it's so small it can fit on a penny. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So some orchids live underground, some orchids live high in the trees, some orchids pollinate bees and trick bees into mating with them to get them to be pollinated. Yep. Some orchids trap bees and flies. Some orchids smell like rotting meat. Some orchids smell like something divine, like Hazelius they make perfume out of. Mm-hmm. Wow, nice. So, nice. so with these tiny ones you're telling us about, like... Well, they um, grow, it depends on the variety or it depends on where they're found. Some of the some of your bulbophyllums only get like that big. They stay pretty small. Some of your caterpillars, and they can grow really well in a terrarium or a wet area, like a yeah. terrarium. But if some of them, like the Dracula orchids, I didn't put that genus down. Dracula orchids, yeah, we Dracula talked about orchids, that. We talked we, about that yeah, in our last podcast. Yeah. Those fall apart. If they're put in room temperature, they literally melt like the Wicked Witch oh, wow. of the West. Okay. They have to be in 50, 60 degree weather with 80 to 90% relative humidity. Oh, okay. They're like cold, cool mountain cloud forest. They can't okay. live in a normal living room. Okay. And they're the long, and there's actually a trick. The longer the flower tendrils on these, they usually have three flower tendrils mm-hmm. like this. 
this is how they look. They sometimes they're called monkey face orchids. Okay. But the longer and bigger the flowers are, the harder they are to grow in general. Okay. So, so these tiny, tiny, tiny ones that you said could be the size of a penny. How many do you get that bloom at once then if they're that small? Like do they share um, leaves? I haven't or... really researched the glass orchids that much because I'm more into the big and flashy. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that they found in very specialized environments like the cloud forest or like the... Okay. Mm -hmm. They probably couldn't do very well in a domesticated home. I mean, many yeah. of these orchids that are being found are taken from the wild. Okay. And you just don't know what their conditions are that they like. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are, are, can do very well in cultivation, like the calophilias, okay. some of your um, psychopterous, it sounds like a mental disease, and it is, but it's also an orchid. Psychopterous orchids, I have one of those. They have big, fat tuber bulbs, and they have loops okay. like a phalaenopsis, and they have a really, really long bloom spread that goes really high, Okay. and they bloom off and on, off and on, off okay. and on, off and on. They never stop blooming. They can bloom on the same spike for 17 years. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Mine didn't make it that long, though. They, they tend to have very taxing humidity requirements and light requirements, and okay. I was going through a crisis with my light. My light was told by my... The people at my house that mm -hmm. I couldn't have it anymore because it was too expensive and the orchid was in decline anyway. And they're just some of these orchids are really hard to grow. Sixty dollars, yeah. mm -hmm. so it's probably not the easiest to grow as a copterus. Mm -hmm. Mandarin halos was the hybrid. The copterus mandarin halos. Okay. Okay. If you want to start with orchids, I suggest you get a Thalanopterus. Get a Thalanopterus, wait for it to stop blooming, don't give it ice, give it water, don't give ice, ice is a myth. Yep. Take it out of its pot, take all of the sphagnum you can get, because there's a lot of sphagnum. Sphagnum retains water very, very easily. Sphagnum retains moisture like nothing. And okay. it doesn't dry out, so people use it a lot of times when they ship, when they pack, when they import. Yeah. But it's not a very good medium because these are epilites. They're not ground mm -hmm. Okay. So what happens is the water collects, doesn't drain away, the orchid rots. And okay. then you're going to have to do cinnamon treatments. You're going to have to do a lot to save it. So the best thing you can do is get a healthy root system. They have a clear box, mm -hmm. clear little pot in the store, like Bachman's. And you take it out. Then you take it out of the sphagnum, roll the sphagnum away, put it in the best bar chip medium you can find, and put it under light. But only do this as it's going on of blooming, or if okay. it's really, really root-bound. Because you want the blooms to last, and if you repot any orchid, you're going to store in the life of the blooms. Okay. Now, thalonopterists don't lose their blooms for a very long time. Okay. They can maintain their blooms for like six, five months. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can be in bloom all year. It just depends on the variety of, of Phalaenopterus you have, if it's a hybrid or a species. It also depends on you know, growing conditions you have and all that. Mm -hmm. But right. mine were in bloom, I think, from September to January. And okay. they just stopped blooming. So I cut the blooms. Like What you do is when they stop blooming, you cut to the second bloom horn. And the okay. bloom horn is where the new bloom grows. Okay. But if you cut above the bloom horn, Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it'll make another bloom spike and you'll have more flowers. Okay. Nice. That's kiki. interesting. A kiki That's pretty is a cool. plant baby. When they make yeah. a kiki, it's Hawaiian for baby. Yeah. Okay. okay. So sometimes they make kikis, which are baby plants, and you can actually buy paste to put on the 
um, on the loom spike to make a baby orchid. Yeah. Because right. Phalaenopsis orchids are very difficult to propagate. That's one way. Another way is you can take the lower leaves off of the orchid until you got a stem with a few leaves on it, wait for it to grow roots on the bottom, cut those roots and cut the mother roots back, put this pot in its own pot, put this pot in its own pot, this will grow roots and this will grow roots and you'll have two orchids. But okay. I suggest you don't do that unless you know the variety and you're going to part with it because it's very stressful for the orchid. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, that's only, that's only for Thalonopterosus. Caterpillars can take divisions with these. They look really, really delicate with their flamboyant blooms and everything. But just take a machete and go, and you can chop them in half or three quarters. As long as you have three or four photo bulbs, a good root system and bark, you're good to go. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Now, some of these orchids, like the, I go, keep going back to this Borneo dark. It's very difficult to propagate them. You basically have to have seed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these orchids are pollinated by certain types of flies or beetles or things like that. that just aren't found in a domesticated environment. Now, mm -hmm. I don't even know how they got them to propagate. Maybe they propagate them at Borneo and then they brought mm -hmm. the seeds over. Maybe they do root divisions. Maybe they just divide them up when the roots grow. But I'm not going to try to divide up a $500 orchid just to get two of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because they might die and then exactly. I'll be heartbroken that a $500 plant died. Yeah. They, they're, you know, some orchids are just really not meant to grow as houseplants. Mm -hmm. Some orchids, like the Dracula orchids, are better left in the cloud forest. I mean, they're better left in the hands of experts. Yep. Um, other orchids, like your run-of-the-mill psychopterist, can grow on a windowsill. Okay. It just depends on the variety of orchids that you have. Got it. Any other yeah. questions? No. No, I think that about covers it. I think that least. covers it. So you're well, ready to do your poem? Uh, we're going to wait till 29 minutes. Okay. Because I'm going to talk a little Um... Let's see. Um, there's probably varieties here, and I'm pretty sure there are varieties here that I haven't really remembered because, like I said, this genus is the largest genus of all flowers. Okay. Orchids are bigger than roses. They're bigger than irises. They're bigger than magnolias, which are an equally large group. Magnolias yeah. are pretty big, too. They are. Yep. Yep. Um, it's some people believe that maybe orchids were the very first flowers because they go back so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, vanilla. The flavoring vanilla is an orchid. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So we eat orchids. Like, we eat vanilla. Yeah, the vanilla beans, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I've cut um, those apart before and eaten them. Yep. Yep. Chocolate is actually a plant. It's a tree. That's true. Pineapple That's true. is a bromeliad. Did not know that one. No, I didn't. You know, know what a bromeliad is? It's an epilite like orchids. And yes, yep. I know what bromeliads are, yes. Yep. I just yeah, didn't know pineapple was. Bromeliad. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's interesting. Good to yeah. know. Um, what's another thing about orchids? Um There's one orchid, I forget. It's, I think it's in the hooker orchid genus. It's a little tiny orchid that's found in Minnesota in the peat bogs. People have tried to find it. It's only been found once in Minnesota. Oh, wow. Probably very, very rare. I don't... I had a book on orchids. I should have brought it, but I didn't bring it. And I was going to bring you guys a special treat because I know you guys... Do you guys like movies? Yep. I was going to bring you guys a couple of tickets. 
Nice. You guys can have some tickets to see the movie if you want. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was maybe when we have our coffee later we can do that. Yeah. I'll talk yeah. to Shane about it tonight and see if it works out. That being said, um what's the all the orchid history? Um orchids were once used for the very wealthy. Only the very, very, very wealthy yeah. could have them. Now even I can have them and I am far from wealthy. I can have them, you can have them, Danny can have them. Just as long as you have light, water, and a place to put them, you'll do fine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, or the thing to remember about orchids, and I probably didn't mention this, is you can't put them in soil. You can't put okay. them in houseplant soil. They're mm -hmm. either epilites or ground dollars. And even the ground dollars need bark. They need okay. a special mix, like bark. I'm going to say this, sphagnum sometimes. Depends on the variety of orchid. What I don't like about sphagnum is its tendency to rot. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I have does. a terrarium yeah. at home, and I put the sphagnum underneath for old water because I want it to be as humid as it can be in there. Yeah. And I have to, every few weeks, I have to glove up, put on gloves, spray the, the moss terrarium. with fungicide to stop mold. And check the orchids because the mold is trying to fight its way in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you have to be kind of careful with mold and other diseases because orchids like air movement too. Yeah. Okay. And that's difficult because I don't have a way of getting a fan in there. So I have half the window open, half the, the area open to let out air. And I have a light over there and I have a light over here. Okay. I have a video you guys can use in the daily route if you want. I can it's on YouTube. The, you can I can tag the tag the YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah tag the YouTube video. It's yeah. really cool. I also gave that to. Orchid you just have to send me the link in the email, and then I can just copy and yep. paste it into yep. the details. Yep. Getting good at public speaking, by the way. Um, what's another thing about orchids that's really cool? Oh, there's a lot of history behind orchids. There's history about Amazon water lilies, but I'll get to that in a moment. There's a Native American legend. Of a woman who was a maiden. I think it was about her lover, about a friend that she had. And she was upset about it and she cried as she walked. Her tears filled with water her footprints. And from her footprints, the lady slippers grew. And then she's believed to have bled because of pink and white lady slippers. Showy lady slippers are state flowers. Oh, wow. I did hear that one. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Very old tale. Yeah. yeah. She, um, and then there's also one that you might not have known about a woman from the river Amazon who wanted to see the moon and she longed for the moon to come down and so she climbed a tree. She and her friends tried to climb a tree, couldn't do it. She went to the river to go in there and she almost drowned and the moon took pity on her, became a giant, she was reincarnated as a giant Amazonian water lily for all time. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. That's pretty cool. I think we're on the 27th mark, so I will wrap it up with a poem and we'll do some sound effects later, bud. Okay. The poem is Truth. Darkness is like a brother who calls you by his name. He invites you to come closer to play a little game. A coyote's wail breaks an uncaring dawn. What good is gold or treasure old once it's dead and gone? Love that one. So that's kind of a little bit about loss. It's also a little bit about reality because yep. truth is not always nice you know yeah yep. 
and uh, I've been having struggles. You've been having struggles. I'm yep. sure you have struggles. We all have struggles. So mm-hmm. this is kind of a good poem to go with that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, nice work. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. So, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, this is Danny and Alex and my girlfriend, Sarah, as our special guest. Um, we are going to uh, close this. Uh, remember, please subscribe. Uh, you can find us on all these other different podcast venues. I'll see if I can put those descriptions in there as well. Um, if you want to look us, look us up on other uh, podcast apps. Um, and you can also listen to that, uh, poem at the end. Um, Alex and I are both actual poets. We write poems for fun. Um, and, uh, but yes, he's, he, uh, you should hear some more of his poems, but we'll do a special podcast for poetry probably one of these days in the future. Yeah. I like that idea. We should do that. Get away from the natural history and start on poetry. Yeah. That'd be fun. Everybody likes poetry, right? Yeah, everybody mm-hmm. likes poetry. All right, well, signing out, Danny, Alex, and Sarah, have a great day. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.